Uh, If you have your Bibles, speaking of summer, we're starting a series in the book of Proverbs uh, for the month of July, today through the month of July. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open it up to Proverbs chapter 2, or click over there in your Bible, or if you don't have a Bible with you, uh, there should be one in a chair not far from you, either in front or behind you. And we're going to be in the book of Proverbs chapter 2. If you use one of those pew Bibles... Uh, You can turn over a table of contents and then find Proverbs, and then we'll be in chapter 2 there. As you're turning there, let me start with this question. Did you ever look back at a picture of yourself, maybe an older picture, and kind of wonder, what was I thinking? You ever look back, you know, maybe it's Throwback Thursday and you're going through your pictures looking for one to post and you find one of yourself and you're looking, what? Well, maybe it's your hairstyle, maybe it's your clothes, you know, whatever it is. You just look at it and you go, what was I thinking? It's amazing how what some time and distance will do between things to cause us to think differently about things. You know, I was reading a, a book this week. And I'm reading a book called Deviced. And uh, it's a book that's about our relationship with technology. And it's, I think it's a sociologist that wrote it. And, and looking at what is our relationship with this technology that we have. And maybe how we're relating to it and not even really thinking about it. And maybe 5, 10, 15 years down the road, we're going to say, what were we thinking? Maybe on the ways we relate to this. So the author said one way she kind of tried to gain some perspective was by looking at Life magazines from the 1950s. And she didn't look at the articles. She looked at the advertisements to kind of see how our thinking has changed over the last 70 years or so. And some of the articles in those uh, magazines looked like this. Domino pure cane sugar. You need sugar for energy. And even three teaspoons of Domino sugar contain fewer calories than your apple. So it's smart to stay slim and trim and get Domino's Energy Lift too. So don't give your kids that apple. Good parents will give them three teaspoons of sugar. Our thinking might have changed a little bit. How about this one? This one's my favorite. Butter, good and good for you. Nutrition tip, butter is slippery. That's why we eat as much as possible to lubricate our arteries and veins. I almost think that one's fake, but I don't, I don't know. I, it almost seems too hard. How about this one? Vitamin donuts. You can't read the bottom there. It says, each donut fortified with a minimum of 25 units of vitamin B1. So if you didn't get your vitamins this morning, grab yourself a donut. I mean, we, it's donuts. All right, there you go. Eat a donut. This one's the worst. <laughs> 20,679 physicians say luckies are less irritating. It's toasted. It says at the bottom, your throat protection against irritation and against cough. He's got a doctor's coat on if you can't notice that. 
we've started to think a little differently about some things. It's amazing how our thinking changes on these things, right? Things you may be doing now that 10, 15, 20 years down the road, you're going to say, what were we thinking? It's amazing how culture changes. I mean, think about something as simple as plastic water bottles. 20 years ago, you were the forward-thinking person. You've got to drink your water out of a plastic bottle. You can't drink it out of a tap. What are you doing drinking your water out of the tap? You, gotta, you should be drinking out of a plastic bottle. Now, are you using a plastic bottle? Are you crazy? Do you know what you're doing to the earth? It's amazing how a little space and a little time, and God forbid you put a straw in that bottle, well, then forget it. But we start thinking, there were things we thought were wise Suddenly we start thinking about them and we say, well, maybe they weren't as wise as we thought they were. It, but it's not, I don't want to talk to you about preservatives and, and, and smoking and those things today because I think there's some, what I want to talk to you about this morning is there's some things in our lives that may be related to our spiritual lives that at times we think are, you know, wise, but if we're not careful down the road, we may find out we're not living wisely in our lives and with our lives. And wouldn't it be great if someone down the road could tell us, look, you don't want to live this way because it's not going to take you where you want to go. See, the reality is none of us start out planning to end up in disaster, right? And no one starts out and wanting, to, and I, you know, I'm hoping that this ends up in a train wreck. No one starts out with that. Everyone thinks this is going to be great. I mean, I've never stood on the altar. I've done a lot of weddings, and I've never stood on the altar with a couple and talked about their divorce day. No one's thinking about that, as they shouldn't be. But yet we know marriages at times end in divorce. But no one plans for it. No one's getting married thinking about, I'm going to get divorced. And yet at times it happens. I remember when I was studying in ministry, and I would sat down the first day of the seminary, and, uh, and, you know, they would say, you know, I don't know what the ratio was, but, you know, look to your right, look to your left. One of these people won't be in ministry in 10 years. And nobody plans for that. Everybody thinks, no, I'm in it for the long haul. It's going to be great. Nobody plans to blow up in moral failure or burn out in some other way. But it happens. But wouldn't it be good if you could have what you needed ahead of time so you could make sure you end up where you intend to end up? Enter the book of Proverbs. God gives Proverbs because in order to impart to us wisdom. Wisdom of how life is designed and wisdom on how to end up where we, if you're a follower of Christ and where God wants you to end up. The way to walk. The way to follow. So we want to look at that this morning as we start this series. I want to look at wisdom this morning. And as we do chapter 2, I want to start with verses 1 through 8. And here we have a father talking to his son, Solomon, King Solomon, imparting wisdom to his son. And he's giving it in the form of these proverbs. And he's telling him, giving him this advice on how to live. And this is the way God's word has many different genres. If you've been with us and you go through the Bible, if you've read through the Bible, you know sometimes there's story, there's poetry uh, that God gives us his truth in. And then there's proverbs, which is called wisdom literature. And I think when I read it and we go through it today, if you're not familiar with it, you'll understand why it's, why it's called that. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, 
If you receive my words and treasure my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. The first thing this part of Proverbs tells us and this father is telling his son is there is a value in searching for wisdom. And he also tells him, he says, look, if you search for wisdom, you're going to find God. And if you search for God, you're going to find wisdom. One of the things Proverbs, the entire book is built around is this statement that the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of God. That the fear of God before, it starts all wisdom, that you need to know that there's a God who created you and it's important that you pay attention to what he has to say and if you ignore the words of the person who created you, Proverbs would say, well, you're a fool. A fool would ignore the words of someone who understands and is outside his situation to such a point that's given to him, but if you listen to them, you're wise. There's a difference between wisdom and knowledge. I know knowledge is knowing about something, but wisdom is putting it into practice in life. Some of the most uneducated people I've known throughout the years are some of the most wisest people I know. And that doesn't mean necessarily that all uneducated people are wise or that all wise people have to not have an education. But I will say this, that I think when we do get an education, it can get in the way of us doing the wise thing and the godly thing. The same way that a rich person might be tempted to depend on their own resources rather than depending upon God, an educated person might be tempted to depend on their own knowledge and education rather than go to God and look for wisdom. And so there is this temptation to rely on ourselves and our own knowledge and our own understanding. And yet this father talking to the son and God would say to us, search for wisdom even more than you search for riches and wealth. Now that sounds strange maybe to our ears. It's not the path that would normally be taken. But why would he say this? I mean, think about if you're, think about it this way, just if you're this summer, maybe you're out at a summer cookout, and you're just sitting down, minding your own business, eating your overcooked cheeseburger and potato salad, and you're just sitting there, and you happen to overhear a conversation at the next table of a couple ladies talking about their kids. And one lady says, you know, how's Johnny doing? How's your son Johnny doing? And the other, next lady says, oh, Johnny's doing great. He's, he's just about to finish up med school. He's got a residency he's doing at Mass General Hospital. Once he's done with that, his instructors say he should have his pick of any hospital in the country, maybe even the world. Him and his fiancée are getting married this fall at a destination wedding in the Caribbean. 
And then they're going to buy a house and they're going to have kids and start a family. Oh, Johnny's doing great. And then she turns to the other lady and says, well, how's your son Joey doing? Oh, Joey's doing great. He had a great year. Joey's one. We're so proud of him. Joey this year has gained wisdom. And the first woman waits for more. But there's no more. That's the end of the statement. And it sounds strange, right? It sounds strange because it kind of sets up a false dichotomy. Was it that? It was the microphone? Okay. Wow. That sounded strange. All right. There we go. Um, It sounds strange because it kind of sets up a false dichotomy between college and career and wisdom. And that dichotomy does not always exist. But it also sounds strange because I think if we're honest, many of us in this room and many people probably in our world would say, you know what? If I have that choice between that first one and that second one, I'm taking the first one. I'm taking the... I'm taking the career, the house, the wedding. I'm taking the money. I'm taking the success over whatever that wisdom one was. And yet, in this passage, in this scripture, this father says to this son, if you have to make that choice, you should choose wisdom. If you have to make that, in fact, he says in this passage, he says, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure. In other words, you should go after wisdom the way a miner goes after silver or the way a treasure hunter goes after treasure. Son, that's what you should do. You should go after wisdom harder than you go after anything else in your life. And many of us would say, eh, I don't know, maybe. But he tells his son, And Solomon should know. Solomon, when he became king, was given something by God that each and every one of us maybe wish that we were given by God. When he came to the throne, God said, ask me anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Ask me anything you want, and I'll give it to you. What would you ask for? Solomon said to God, after thinking about it, Grant me wisdom, for the task is too big. It's too great. Grant me wisdom. And so Solomon, when he's teaching his son, he says, son, more than anything, you go after wisdom. And why would he say that? I think because wisdom gives us two things that we can get from nowhere else. Let's come back to the passage and pick it up in verse 9. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress, from her smooth words. Who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to the death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. Wisdom, this father says, will give you two things that you can get nowhere else. And the first is this, it's discernment. 
Wisdom will give you discernment that you are at the crossroads. It says there in verse 11, discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Verse 10, wisdom will come into your heart. He tells his son, he said, look, you're going to face a lot of things in this life. And the one thing that you need more than any other to face them is wisdom that comes from God. I can give you nothing else because I won't always be there for you, son. Then wisdom. Seek God and his commands and what he teaches. And if you have this, then you'll be able to have discernment. It'll watch over you. It'll guide you. Because the truth is, when you face things that come your way, they don't always look like they're going to lead you down the wrong path. Domino's sugar or cigarettes or whatever. But there's other things in your life. And it doesn't always look like it's going to lead you down the wrong path. You get a text message that comes in from someone of the opposite sex who's trying to initiate a relationship with you. And you have to decide whether to respond or not. Whether it's wise or not. And wisdom in that moment will help you to discern the right thing to do and to recognize it for what it is. Wisdom, will rec- you'll be able to recognize that I'm standing at a crossroads here. And what seems like a simple response or a simple decision may end up taking me down a path I don't want to go. Wisdom will tell you maybe you shouldn't enter into that business partnership. Wisdom will tell you maybe I shouldn't search this, entertain this, or watch this. Because it can look like, what's the difference? It's harmless, no big deal. But when you search out and have wisdom in your heart, when you have God's word, God's command, and God's spirits in your heart, you're able to discern what the right way and what the wrong way is. It may seem harmless in the moment, but they may set you down a path where best case scenario, you waste part of your life backtracking, but worst case scenario, you follow that path all the way to its end and end up a place you never intended to be. See, wisdom will tell you the difference between good advice and godly advice. There's plenty of people that'll give you good advice. You've got friends and people in your life that are more than happy to give you good advice. The difference between good advice and godly advice is someone who has the same goals as you if you're a Christ follower. So you get a job opportunity. And you go to your friend and they say, well, should I take it? Well, is it more money? Yeah. Well, is it better position? Sure. More power? Yeah. More opportunity to climb the ladder? Yeah. Then of course you should take it. Because if someone's not following God, their goal probably is, is there less pain, more pleasure and comfort, and does it look good in the eyes of other people? Many times, people who give you advice, that's going to be their criteria for measuring it. Minimize pain, maximize comfort and pleasure, and look good in the eyes of others as you do it, and then of course you should do it. There's a difference between good advice and godly advice, though. Because God may be saying to you, no, this isn't for you. You go down this road, you're going to face temptations you're not willing and able to deal with right now. You take this, it's going to take you to a place that I have not prepared you for yet, so you're supposed to say no to this. Well, God wouldn't give it to me if he wanted me to say no to it. God give you wisdom to listen and discern 
and wait on him. Good advice is different than godly advice, and so you need to spend time in God's word and with God's spirit to understand wisdom because Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end of it is death. This father is imparting to this son when he's young before he ever faces these temptations, and he says, look, you need to have this within you because later on, you're gonna need this wisdom to make these decisions. C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Silver Chair and the Narnia Chronicles, I thought captured this idea well about the fact that we need to learn it early on in order to have it in place when we actually face the temptations that are going to come. In The Silver Chair, the Aslan, Aslan, the Christ figure, if you're familiar with the books, Aslan's a lion and he's the Christ figure in the books. And he's speaking to a young lady named Jill who's going on a quest to find a prince. And he's up on the mountain. And he says, I'm going to give you three signs. And I want you to remember them. And you have to remember them and you have to rehearse them. Because when you get down into the air of Narnia, it's going to be thicker. And you're not going to look the same. And it's going to be easy to forget And so he says, remember, remember, remember the signs. Say them to yourself when you wake in the morning and when you lie down at night, when you wake in the middle of the night and whatever strange things may happen to you, let nothing turn your mind from following the signs. And I give you a warning here on the mountain. I've spoken to you clearly. I will not often do so down in Narnia. Here on the mountain, the air is clear and your mind is clear. As you drop down into Narnia, the air will thicken. Take great care that it does not confuse your mind. See, you need discernment because you're going to get into places where the air gets thick and it looks like a good decision, but it's not a godly decision. And things get confused. I remember when I was talking to my son, you know, and, and you have that talk with, with your kids about sex and what's coming and these are the things you might face. And I thought, he's way too young to have this conversation. Like, he's not even thinking about this stuff. And yet that's the time you have to talk about this stuff, right? Because, and I don't even know if he believed it. It'd be like, look, there's this time coming, son, where this is going to be a temptation for you. And you just need to know now. And you need to learn now because then it's going to be too late. And God's saying, you need to learn wisdom now. Because if you're not at a crossroads now, you will be. Someone's going to come to you with an offer that looks really good. And God is going to want you to have wisdom to know what to do with it. And that brings you to the second thing that wisdom gives us, and that's direction. That's direction. If you look at verses 20 to 22, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Wisdom gives us discernment and it gives us direction of how to walk. The father gives the son two examples of two temptations that are going to come his way and he tells him to avoid them. It's a father to a son back then and the temptations back then 3,000 years ago were so different than the temptations people deal with now. He was telling his son to be aware of money and sex, which I know is so different than the things we deal with now. 
But that's essentially what he told his son. He said, look, beware of men who will come your way. They'll try and entice you. It says this in verse 12, men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perseverance of evil. In other words, there's these guys are going to come their way and they're going to present you with offers that look really good. Beware, they're going to take you off the path. The same thing for us today. Someone will come to you and they're going to give you an offer that sounds really good. And what will keep you from going down a path that you'll regret 10 years later? It's wisdom. It's God's wisdom in you that will protect you from that. It's discernment that will watch over you. I mentioned a few weeks ago that one of the gentlemen in this church uh, who served this church as a deacon and a treasurer for many years, Dick Mahondro, passed away. And um, I was reading this week an obituary that somebody, one of his friends, had written about him. And uh, it was interesting. They said that Dick ran a firm in Boston, and he did a hedge fund firm for many years. And the article described it as a white shoe firm. And I thought, I don't know what that term, you might know what that term means. I didn't know what that term means. Apparently a lot of people don't know what that term means because then they defined what white shoe firm meant right in this obituary. It said a white shoe firm is a firm that refuses to do any unethical business or break any practices, business practices in order to turn a profit. And I thought, interesting to me that they actually have to have such a phrase and expression but I remember Dick, and I remember him talking to me at times about the temptations that he would often face in business because sometimes people want you to do business just the way that business is being done. And at times, they're going to come to you and they're going to have an offer for you that is too good to refuse. It looks, and it's wisdom in that moment that will cause you to say, no, I can't do that. It'll give you direction in that moment. But it's not just other men and the people who will come to you with deals. And obviously, it's a father talking to his son in a very patriarchal society. But it could be a man. It could be a woman who comes to you. But then he says, an adulterous woman will come. And again, father talking to a son. Uh, you women could have guys that come to you and try and tempt you with sex, relationship. He says, the other way you might get taken off course, son, is sensuality. Uh, you can have this relationship, no strings attached. Forget about all those problems you get with that other relationship you have, the one you have vows and commitments and kids. You just come to this relationship, it'll be fun. You don't have to have all those strings attached. You can have all the benefits without any of the commitments. Essentially, he tells his father, tells his son, at times you're going to face that temptation. That's going to come your way. I know, son. You can't even imagine that being the case right now. Some of you sitting here today, you might say, I know you can't even imagine that that temptation would come your way right now. Because it's a reality. It's thrown many men off, many women off from running the race that they thought they were going to complete. And they thought they were going to finish well. And they all thought, no, it's not going to be a problem for me. Son, get wisdom. Get wisdom so that it doesn't happen for you. Pursue what God has for you. Pursue God and his commands. 
See, wisdom will give you direction. It used to be when it came to direction and you wanted to get from one place to another, literally, how did you have to do it? You had to drive one place to another in a place you didn't know. How did you do it? You had to get a map. Some of you remember, right? When Wendy first moved to Massachusetts, one of the first gifts, I, did I give it to you? I, I don't know if I gave it to you or my dad gave it to you. My dad, yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> one of the first gifts my dad gave her was the thick yellow map book. You remember this book, some of you, that when they moved here? It was a spiral-bound yellow map book that had a different town on each page. And when you wanted to get somewhere, you looked up the town you were going to and the town you were starting in, and then you'd follow the road, and then it would say, okay, now continued on page, and you'd have to flip over to that page and follow up because in New England, you got to travel through 12 towns to get from one place to another. And, you know, at first she thought it was crazy, and then eventually she's saying that map book has saved my life, you know, more than once. But that's how you do it. You had to travel by map, right? You went to a map and you followed it. But the problem with a map is that you can show you the roads where to go and you eventually learn them and you memorize them, but you don't know what's coming up ahead. I mean, the problem with a map is you never know where they're doing construction, which happens once in a while in this area. You don't know where the traffic jam's going to show up. And so we came up with a great idea for that, right? We have radio traffic reports that we used to have. I think they still do them. I have no idea why. But I think they still do radio traffic reports at times, right? And you'd have a traffic report. You'd turn on the radio when you're leaving, and you'd have to listen. And first of all, you'd hope you timed it right, so you're going to hear the traffic report. And then you want to listen so you don't miss it. And then you hope they actually cover the roads you're going to drive. But you know they're only going to cover your major highways. They're not going to cover your side roads, but you'll take what you can get. It was a little bit better. But then... Now, like in the last 10 years, this confluence of technology has come together. And GPS locators, combined with affordable smartphone technology, combined with app developers and crowdsourcing, have now come together and come up with these apps on your phone that will guide you to wherever you need to go. You just put in your destination. You don't have to tell it where you're starting from. It already knows. And you just say, I want to go here. And here comes the little blue line and the directions and tell you exactly the best way to get there and how to get there and which road you should take. And it knows if there's construction up ahead and it knows if traffic has started and it knows if there is debris in the road, if there's a pothole in the road, it's going to tell you. This is amazing technology that now we have available that I think 20 years ago we were like, that is crazy to think about. But here's the thing. Here's what I do sometimes. Maybe you do it too. I get in the car. Two things. One of two things. One, I get in the car and I don't turn it on. Because I know where I'm going. And I don't need this thing on. So I'm going to drive and I'm going to go. And then inevitably, I'll be sitting in traffic. And I'll be kicking myself because I didn't turn on the app to look at where I was going. And then I'm driving. I know you can't do this in Massachusetts anymore. But what I used to do when you could still touch a phone when you were driving. And I would try and put it in there. Where am I going? And I'm kicking myself and trying to get the right thing and trying to make up for it. Or secondly, 
I'll turn it on, but I'll ignore it. No. It wants me to go this way. Are you kidding me? I'm not going on 95 at this time of the day. Or if you're from New England, it's 128. They're all 128. I know. I know. It's still... I'm not going on 128 in that direction at this time. That's crazy. No, I know better. And then I'm sitting in traffic again, in construction or whatever, something I didn't know about. And I ignore it. And it's like this with wisdom too. God has provided in his word and his, his Holy Spirit directions for you and I, not only on the major highways of life, but he has put his spirit in you and made it available to you so that even on the little roads of your neighborhood, he knows if there's traffic or congestion or construction. I mean, that's the amazing thing about these apps, right? Like, it's not just on 128. It can be one of the roads in Burlington, and it tells you, oh, there's a backup on that road. You need to go around to get to your house today. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit, God lives within you, can not only tell you, you know what? Stay away from these things. They're going to harm you, but can also tell you, look, you this day in this life, in your life, in your home, you need to watch out for these temptations. Give you wisdom. The wisdom on how to live in your house and in your home. But some of us, I don't need that. So we don't turn it on. Or we turn it on, sit in church today, and we ignore it. Ah, I'm never going to need that. And then we find ourselves in a situation where we are looking and scrambling and saying, I'm, I'm in a jam. God, I, except it's not this, right? It's this one, right? I'm in a jam. I'm in a jam, Lord. I need direction. And just like on the road, when you are traveling in the wrong direction, my app will often tell me, make the next legal U-turn. And I'm grateful that God allows U-turns. And he does. And he allows us to make those U-turns, and he's made a way for us to make U-turns. But here's the reality of it. The further we travel down the road ignoring God's wisdom, the more costly it is to make the U-turn. You know what I'm talking about? It's like traveling on Route 1. Have you ever you driven on Route 1? Route 1 has got to be one of the craziest roads we have in this state. You can pass a Walmart at 65 miles an hour on Route 1. Or you can turn into the Walmart from 65 miles an hour at Route 1, right? But one of the other things about Route 1 is you drive on that road. If you have to turn around, you're like, I don't know. Does this one make me turn around? Can I get off here? Do I turn here? Do I turn there? Like, you can't find where to turn. You have to travel quite a ways. Like, I think I can actually turn around here. And it's like that in life when we ignore God's wisdom sometimes. You get up there and you're like, well, I want to turn around, but it's going to cost you. Not gas and time cost you other things because now you're in relationships. Now you've made commitments. Now there's kids involved. Now there's other people involved. And it gets a little harder to make that U-turn. But God does allow you to make it. But what this father is saying to this son 
is if you will get this wisdom in you before you need to make the decision, before you need the discernment, it's going to keep you on the road where you want to end up down the road. And so pursue wisdom. Pursue wisdom. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back as we prepare to close out. As we do, what I want to finally say to you is this. When you pursue wisdom, ultimately, you're going to find yourself pursuing Jesus. Because here's one last scripture I want to share with you from Corinthians. Paul says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 23 to 25. But we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. What we know, those of us who are living on this side of Bethlehem, what the writer of Proverbs didn't know, is that Jesus is the ultimate embodiment of wisdom. And that if you will pursue Jesus, you will find a wise way of living. If you will pursue him and what he's taught and who he is in relationship with him, you will find a wise way of living. You want to know, well, well, pastor, this is great. All right, I need to be wise. Well, how do I do that? Pursue Jesus. I want to teach my kids to be wise. Teach them about Jesus. Teach them about the Jesus way. Those of you who are parents or grandparents or guardians of children, you invest a lot in making sure your kids get everything they need. You make sure they have the education. You make sure they have the the, the academics and the social settings and the other uh, opportunities that they need. How much time are you spending making sure they get the wisdom that they need? I'm glad they're here this morning. It's wonderful when you bring them here, but we can't do it in an hour and a half a week. I wish we could. It's not going to happen in an hour and a half a week. It's going to have to be you investing and saying, let's take some time and look at God's word together. Let's get wisdom together. And maybe finally you're sitting here today and you would say, okay, pastor, that sounds great, but I wish I had it 20 years ago. I've already kind of gone down the road. Some of the decisions you just talked about, I've already made them. They're in the rearview mirror. I've done them and done them two, twice and three times. What do you have to say to me? Again, I'd say it's hard sometimes to make U-turns. But I'll tell you the one thing about a U-turn. Is once you make it, you're traveling in the right direction. It may cost you something. It may be harder. It may be more difficult to go back. You may wish you hadn't gone the wrong direction in the first place. But once you make it, you start heading in the right direction. And so wherever you're going this morning, whatever you've done with this stuff prior to this, it's a lot like a tree, right? What they say, when's the best time to plant a tree, right? 20 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree is today. And when it comes to following Jesus, it's the same thing. Sure, the best time to start following Jesus is as early as you can, way back. Second best time to start following Jesus today today let today be the day that you start pursuing wisdom pursue what God has for you so here's what I do what I want to do as we close I'm going to pray 
But I want you to uh, take out your Connect card there for a moment and take out a pen. I just want to give you a little space. Because I, I think we need to respond to this message and you need to let God's Spirit respond within you. So as the team plays this song, I'm just going to ask you to invite God's Spirit just to speak to you about where you are in life. Because maybe there's a place in your life where you have not been living wisely, but you know you need to. Just take a moment and ask, allow the Lord to speak to you and say, you know what, that part of your life, I want you to start living more wisely. I want you to get out of that situation that you've put yourself in. I want you to make a U-turn in that situation. Maybe it's career. Maybe it's relationship. Maybe it's, if you're a parent again, maybe it's something you've done or not been doing with your kids. And today's the time to just turn it around. We're start doing something different. Just ask God to search your heart. Lord, where have I been living unwisely? Where have I been living apart from your wisdom? Where have I been dependent upon my own knowledge and my own insight and not been leaning upon you? And I believe God will speak to us. I believe the God who is wisdom will speak to us in the midst of this. Father, thank you for guiding us and leading us today. Lord, we live in a part of the country and a part of the world that often sets up education as a God and worships at the altar of education as much as any place else. And we're grateful for the things we learned and we're grateful for the educations we're allowed and able to have at times. But Lord, we must admit that at times we have elevated knowledge above wisdom, that we have elevated our thoughts above your thoughts, that we have elevated our desires for success and goals. We have desired, we have elevated good things and tried to make them godly things. Lord, forgive us. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us and lead us even now as we endeavor to be not just knowledgeable people, but wise people who pursue you and know you. So speak to us even as we listen in these next moments. In Jesus' name, amen. As the team sings this song, take a moment and listen to the Lord as he speaks to you.